This is the Punk Show Podcast. Finally got Tony Galuza in the studio with me. How's it going, Tony? Excellent. Now, can we can we say this? Uh, you know, I tried to get, I tried to ask you, I don't know what it was, eight months ago or something. I'm like, hey, would you like to be on my show? And you're like, yeah, well, you know, and you were very nice. And you said, you know, Jason, I like you a lot, but I don't think I want to go on the zone. And I was like, totally respectful of that. In fact, you're not the first person to say that to me, by the way. I'm not. No. I tried to get, uh, well. I want names. Tom Holliston of No Means No. Really? Yeah. Um, well, he's standoffish anyway. Yeah, but he came around too. I think I just must, I must have a charm or something about me because he you, came around. You have a charm and you've worn me down with your niceness. <laughs> I think I did. You're even I? nicer than people think I am. <laughs> it's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah, Tom didn't want to do it. And his whole thing was that the, 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 the zone and the queue are owned by Jim Pattison, which, you know, and he didn't like the corporate thing. And I'm like, trust me, Jim Patterson does not listen to this show. And if he probably, and in fact, if he knew about it, he probably would shut it down. Just, he, he probably doesn't care. He doesn't. Way. He doesn't even care. He's too busy rolling around in his money and laughing. You and, fools. Yeah, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> I own everything. Uh, anyway, but thank you so much for for uh, for deciding to come in. I appreciate it. And thank you for not giving up on me. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Um, and this is kind of cool. We know each other um, from being around the scene or whatever, but also uh, our kids go to the same school. They do. And I see you there quite often. Uh, how many kids do you have? Two. It's two, right? And one is in elementary school and one's now in middle school. Is that correct? Not quite. No. She's in grade five and she'll be going to middle school next year. Fantastic. Uh, the boy is seven and in grade two. Oh, okay. I got it a little mixed up. I apologize. That's okay. Um, how many do you have? I just have the one and he's in grade four. Yeah. It's a good school. It is a good Oakland's school. Oakland's a good school. Um, I thought we'd just kind of go a little bit chronologically, if you don't mind, because I don't really know a whole lot about you or your history. I mean, I know a little bit about, obviously, some of the bands and stuff that you've been in, but I wanted to go, are you from Victoria originally? I am, born and raised. Born and raised. Yeah. What high school did you go to? I went to Arbutus for grade 8. Okay. And Lambert Park for 9 through 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, how did you, like, let's go right back to where you got inspired to get into music in the first place. Like, where did that all come from? Uh, our house, uh, growing up, my house was not really a particularly musical house household. Like, no one played instruments or anything. Okay. My mom maybe sang in the church choir, but they always had music playing. Usually, uh, there was like a Croatian radio show they would try to pick up on Sundays from from Vancouver. Okay. So, you know, there was a lot of accordion music and stuff that I used to think was really awful that I grew to love as I got older. <laughs> uh, so you're Croatian? I am. And did you, did, was it spoken in your household and everything that as well? That was the first language I spoke, yeah. Oh, wow, really? That's yeah. amazing. And do you still speak it? Uh, we were there this past summer. Okay. For most of August, and uh, I got by pretty well, I have to say. I That's mean, great. I like to say that I speak Croatian probably the same way my dad speaks English. Right, okay. A busted up, but people know what I'm saying. Cool. Yeah. Um, my first inkling of, of knowing anything about you and... Uh, the weird thing about me when I was growing up, I think we're close to the same age. You might be a couple years older than I'm me. I'm older than you. Yeah, I'm 46. You've got, you got that boyish charm. I'm, I, I'm 53. It's, it's moisturizer, mostly. <laughs> well, it's moisturizer. You're 53? Wow. Yeah. See, I would have, okay. Well, you look really good, too. I, was, I thought you were like maybe 48. I owe yeah. it all to overwork and lack of sleep. <laughs> there we go. Those wonders. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is, so I, I sort of myself got into the punk rock thing when I was maybe in grade Grade eight or nine, and then really didn't go to any start to go to any gigs until around grade ten, eleven. So, um, and I didn't go to a lot of shows back then. But I, I was for some reason I ended up being at some of these sort of historic shows that happened. And one of the ones was you guys, Section Forty Six, uh-huh. was playing at uh, like a weird little garage on a lot on Gladstone oh, Avenue. God, do you remember that night? Oh God, yeah. There was riot police and insanity. It was insanity. Yeah. Um, 
at the time it was me, Chris O'Brien on bass, and Jason Sisko on drums. Right. And uh, that was before my sober days, so there was, mm-hmm. there was some drinking going on. But Chris <laughs> had gone around and handed out flyers for yes. this garage show. And that's probably how I ended up going, because I knew Chris O'Brien actually since elementary school. I oh. went from Monterey and then into Oak Bay as well. But anyway, go ahead, carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Too many got handed out, basically. Oh, man. <laughs> and he started overhearing people talking about it, then he freaked out. Yeah. But what could we do at that point? And uh, there was some opening band. I, I can't remember if they were like a Guns N' Roses wannabe kind of thing or something like that, but they were, they were friends of Chris's, I think. And we played as much as we could, but then all hell started breaking loose yeah. outside. It's the first time I've ever seen... Police do that baton on on their shields, kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I remember that clearly. You know, and I was three sheets to the wind myself. But there was so many people there, spilling out all over that field and and uh, crammed into the garage and out into the street. And you're right; they had did the whole lining up thing, banging on the shields. Uh, it was pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, we're and awesome I, too at the same time. We're actually, um, believe it or not, celebrating my license being suspended. <laughs> Is that right? Due yeah. to a, a series of mishaps, yeah. <laughs> so I think Chris had built it as a suspension party. That's so right. Like, what, is someone hanging from the ceiling? Or, But it wasn't like that. I and, remember uh, that now. That's so weird that you say that. I remember that, like, I must have gotten one of the flyers. I remember seeing suspension party. Yeah. Yeah, and wondering what that meant. And yeah. <laughs> like I said, everything went nuts. Uh, there People beaten over the head, yeah, bleeding all over the place. I went up to an officer because I had actually kept it together as far as drinking mm-hmm. as we were playing that night, mm-hmm. and tried to reason with him, yeah, telling him if you just tell everyone to go, they'll go. But he wasn't having it, no. and uh, I think he called me an asshole or something. Yeah, I disagreed and implied that he was one. <laughs> and uh, subtly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> threw me into the back of the car. And really, they drove us around for hours, banging us around. Is that right? Some were handcuffed, some were not. People yeah. were puking in the back. It was horrific. Wow. And I got a public mischief charge over that, I think. Is that right? Nothing major, but, you know, still when you cross the border or whatever. So that haunted you for a while after that. They still want to talk to me. Yeah. Something that happened like, what, 35 years ago yeah, or something, something like, like that? that? Yeah. I didn't want to bring up any trauma. I apologize. This no trauma. That. No trauma. It's all... Uh, I didn't end up in jail that night myself. I got home. But I remember, like, two, like... um Somebody must have just been driving up and down the streets around that area and smashing into all the parked cars because I just remember, or maybe it was somebody just kicking or something, but I remember like every side mirror of every car up and down Gladstone and the street over was all smashed. The cars were all dented in and I I felt like I was in Mad Max or something. Oh, Fernwood still has those moments from time to time. (laughs) Yes, they do. All right. Um, Well, we kind of got off track there because I went, I jumped ahead. So um, what was, what was the first band that you got into and, and was it? punk right away for you well uh let's go back to sure. how, how i got into the music okay yeah, yeah, yeah my parents actually my mom made me take guitar lessons when i was a kid and i couldn't stand it because right. i think even when you're like 10 years old you don't want to play old mcdonald had a farm <laughs> so i gave that up and once i turned about 16 and started working i saved up enough i decided i wanted to play the electric electric guitar but sure. at the time i think i wanted to be keith richards okay yeah yeah, not Joey Shithead, Keith Richards. <laughs> and uh, bought a guitar. Uh, f- some friends of mine turned me on to the first Sex Pistols album that they had on LP. Mm-hmm. When they first put it on, I thought it was scratched or something. Like, Why is it so loud and messy? Yeah. Couldn't understand what was going on yet. 
stuck to my head. But I didn't actually really get into playing bands till actually for punk rock quite late, like 19, 20. Right, okay, yeah. And uh, end up connecting with a guy that I used to know from high school named Scott. And we formed a band called the Ratbags. Okay. And we were awful. Yeah. <laughs> really, really terrible. Is there any evidence of that anywhere around? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Gary was um, gracious enough to let us play at his house. Okay. At the Rat's Nest at the time. The Rat Bags at the Rat's Nest. Rat Bags <laughs> at the Rat's Nest. And uh, I recommended to Scott, who was our singer at the time, to maybe lay off the booze a little bit. Right. Even though I was just as inclined as he was. <laughs> if we're going to play, let's slow down. And he didn't. Yeah. And it just went all kinds of sideways. <laughs> and eventually he's just standing there and he's laughing at me, taunting me while we're playing in front of him and saying, you really want to hit me, don't you? Go ahead, go ahead. So I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Punched him in the head. He fell down. Yeah. Ran off. The show was over. <laughs> the band was over. And uh, That's fantastic. It was so... I mean, not, you know, it's not for him, <laughs> but well, it's, it's a great funny. story. It really is yeah. funny. I mean, I think at the time... People certainly cleared the path when I wanted to get out of there because I was just fed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did stay for the other bands, so I can't remember who they were now. But um, so there was that, and then I decided to keep playing with Jason Siska, and then we got his buddy Chris O'Brien. Then that was the first incarnation of Section 46. Okay. Now, um, what does Section 46 mean? I remember hearing it was um, like criminal and criminal insane thing or something like at it was the time like, i looked yeah. it up i think i think federally anyways it meant uh sedition okay like the idea which appealed to a young yeah punk rocker absolutely yeah and section 46 uh stayed together for a good number of years yeah, they, you yeah. put out quite a bit of music too you you released quite a bit of stuff and different uh yeah different lineups and one well i right. guess just like ak-47 now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what if you ever talk to rob nesbitt about the rat bags yeah, I've had Rob Nesbitt on the show, and yeah. I didn't even know what to talk about him. Next time I have him on, I will, I will bring he that was, up. Uh, he was hesitant. When I first asked him to join on second guitar, he was hesitant to join because he hated the rat bag so right. much. Was he a witness to the, he was the, a punch, witness. the punching in the, on the stage there? I don't know if he saw the punching, yeah. but uh, he, he might have left before that right. happened because we were so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So he had, to be, he had to be coerced to come, to come into that. Yeah. yeah, but when he realized that I had quit drinking and all that nonsense, then uh, I think it was a, a little more... Right. So you, you quit drinking w way back then, though. This was, uh, that was, uh, a f you were fairly young when you decided to pack all that I was 22. In. That's, pretty, that's pretty young. 87. Yeah. 1987. Shit, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's probably... So I'm trying to think. So that Gladstone show must have been before that. It but was not... before that. Yeah, so I guess it was going... But it was, it was like June of 87, so it could have yeah. even been... It could have been early that year, or yeah, earlier May that year, or maybe in 86. That was probably yeah. 15 times, 16. Um, all right, and so then uh, why, did, uh, why did Section 46 then end up dissolving? What, what occurred there? Well, Chris left the band because uh, I honestly think his musical direction was going in a, mm -hmm. in a separate way than ours was. And then that's when Rob and Dan Furnio joined. And then eventually Rob left the band. And it was just me, Dan, and Jason. Right. And we formed Loopbag. 
Okay, yeah, loot bag, all right. Kind of went in a different direction, a little more melodic, because that, that's what Jason wanted to do, and I wanted to keep playing with him, so mm-hmm. we okay. did. And is there a record, are there recordings of loot bag? Two tapes. Two tapes, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, next 15 kilometers and 10th kit. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of those. You know what? You're actually on Discogs. Do you know what Discogs is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and technophobic, but it, I do know what Discogs is. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be, I wasn't trying to be uh, facetious. It's a valid question. Um, here, I'm, this is unprofessional. I'm gonna, if you look up your name on Discogs, I think Loot Bag is the only thing that comes up. Oh, yeah? Which is weird. Because there you are, and there's Loot Bag. Who posts this stuff? I don't know. It's weird. So, but just people who have. If I look up section forty-six, will that come up? This is. Is that, that you? Is By that myself? Yeah. Yeah. So you're on there too, but your name's not associated with it on here. Oh. So somebody hasn't made that connection on here. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a, we went off, went off on a tangent there. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Okay, so then loot bag, and then uh, like. The, the, how many bands have you been in? Like it's it's a lot, right? I really yeah. don't know. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> there are a couple of one-offs. Like, I was in a band called Infect. Okay, with Rob Duffy, who was in Shutdown. Right. Uh, Ron Brogdon, who was in Drone. Right. Who does electronica noise stuff now? Uh, I think it was Dwayne Siginowicz on drums, and I was playing bass in that band. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we just played. I think one show and put out one tape. Did I read that you were also in like a reggae type band at some point too? That was a, like a a side thing I was doing with Scott Henderson, Scott Bennett, okay, Glenn Ramage, uh, Luke Burgess, Luke Burgess for a while, and uh, oh, fuck. that's all right. I'm impressed that you remember all these people anyway. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. So <laughs> it was People's War, okay, and we recorded a bunch of stuff, and it was great fun. But and I would still love to do it, but I just don't have the time. Yeah, yeah. And when I do get the odd Saturday off of my full time job, mm-hmm. uh, I want to spend it with the kids. Yeah, I don't blame you. Especially now that we ride around on wheeled objects together, it's a lot more fun. Right. Yeah. Bicycles, you mean? <laughs> uh, bicycles, scooters, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm on my skateboard. They're on whatever they want to be. On. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, okay. And then when did uh, when did AK47 come into being then? Uh, 97. 97. Okay, so that's 20 years now. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you, uh, you, you have you actually like acknowledged that it's been like, this is the 20th year, and, you're, and you've got the new CD out this year, and you've been doing quite a few gigs? And uh, I haven't just because I've always hated those bands where there was only one original member. Right. I always thought it was a douchey sort of move, right. and yet here I am. I'm that guy. I'm that douche now. Right. Yeah, so, I don't know, I mean, I focus on the current lineup, it's probably, no offense to the other me- uh, previous members, but sure. this is probably my favorite lineup so yeah. far, and Kent is just an amazing guitar player. No kidding, yeah. And Joe is one of the nicest guys I know, and, well, Jamie's drumming speaks for itself. Um, and the new the new CD truly deserves to be plugged here, uh, Burn the Rats Out, is, it's a, you know, I love that there's, what is it? 31 songs in, what, 42 minutes or something like that? Yeah, 31 yeah. and 41, I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like a, that. that's fantastic. That's the way hardcore punk rock should be, in my opinion. Fast, to the point, quick. And it's really great. It's really well recorded, too. Who's, so who, did you like produce this on your own? We actually yeah. went to uh, Scott Henderson and, and Bennett's studio. Oh, okay. And they just 
bent over backwards to help us out. Scott's got his hands and everything, doesn't he? He does. He's got his fingers yeah. in every pie. And his new band is tremendous. Yeah. I love the Skid The Skid Marks. Marks is, how, yeah. how much fun they, were they? So let's They're talk great. about that uh, that night for a minute. And then I want to talk about sort of more broad subjects and get off just the, the history of you, but also talk Certainly. about just why we're into, you know, why, why you like to sing about certain things. And yeah. Stuff. Um, but I do want to talk about that movie, um, Somewhere to Go. Um, I'm, I know a lot of people that listen to this show have, got, have seen it. They've screened it twice now, both times at the Roxy. I've seen it twice, mm-hmm. but I still don't feel like I've seen it, to be honest with I you. I feel the exact same way. Part of it is because I've been, you know, drinking beer, but also because it was such a rowdy. Both of them were so rowdy. Everyone's yelling every time they see some face that they recognize on the screen. I'm like, I have no, I'm even in it at one point near the end, and I still yeah. don't know what I said. I honestly <laughs> don't know what I said. I hope I didn't come across like a doofus. But, uh, <laughs> but it's cool that that movie got made. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Paulina put a lot of work into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it shows. It's just amazing. It's an amazing document. I need to own a copy so I could watch it in my home and so I can hear it too. My sentiments exactly. Yeah. I want to sit down where it's quiet and I can just actually pay attention to what's going on. Um, so the second screening, your band played AK-47. You headline. Things went a little bit uh, off schedule, unfortunately. Did they ever. Did they ever. Um, so you didn't get to play very long, which really sucked. But uh, Yeah. And they, they unplugged you at one point, did they not? It seemed like it. it I felt that uh, way. I, I want to think it was some sort of a fuse or something. Right. Yeah, okay. Know. There was an old guy that was creeping around in the back that I think maybe have uh, yanked it out. Well, and I yelled, how much time do we have left? And he, yeah. he said, shut her down. Tomorrow's a Sabbath. Is that what he said, that's really? That's what he actually said. <laughs> and I, that's when I said into the mic, well, you heard the man, tomorrow's a Sabbath. One more song. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. 89 years old, I think. Pretty spry. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah, it was an odd night. You know, I mean, there people were were definitely uh, partying, and uh, somebody else made a made a point that was funny. It was like there was a uh, very hippie looking woman with dreadlocks uh, um, who was pretty upset because people were smoking pot in the theater, and it was like <laughs> it's just, it was an odd sort of dichotomy going. on. Yeah, that on. doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't really. You think she'd be thrilled? But for the fifteen minutes or so that you guys played, it was fantastic. I Thank enjoyed you. it. And you also uh, correct me. I hope I haven't. I think I've missed this, and maybe it's still coming up. Have you played at that subculture club yet? Or you're using it as a pra- practice space, maybe? We're using yeah. it as a practice space. Yeah. Uh, we have a show coming up on the 17th of November. Perfect. Okay, right. Um, I think I might still be in Cuba for that, so I might not. Cuba? Be yeah, I'm going to Cuba at the beginning of November. I'm envious. Well, you Even though be, I was yeah. just in Croatia and Bosnia, well, yeah, still. That's, see, I'm envious of that. Yeah. I've, I've never been to Cuba. I always wanted to go. I would actually love to go over there to, uh, to Croatia, and that's awesome. I've heard it's really beautiful there. Um, but anyway, let's talk about, um, I want to talk about your, because you're, you're a guy that, uh, is, you know, from even 30 years ago when you were making music with Section 46 and such, you, you um, it's protest music, basically. You, you know, basically. You, there's a lot of stuff that pisses you off. Yeah. Um, this newest CD definitely has uh, a running theme, I think, a lot to do with like p- police brutality, uh, racism and stuff like yeah. that. Um, has that always been in your blood? Of you, a guy that just gets gets angry when you see the news and see what's going on and need to need to say something about it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been there. I mean, I used to watch the news when I was a kid with my dad, and mm-hmm. I didn't really understand it. But at the time, I think a lot of it was Palestine and Northern Ireland. I, I remember those right. always there. And uh, well, even in I mean, your homeland yeah. has had its major troubles in the past too, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there was one time we, we went back when it was still Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. I think I was nine years old. And uh, my dad got called down to the police station for questioning. Yeah. 
And they told him basically they could throw him in jail right now and that no matter where he lives or what citizenship he has, he'll always be a Yugoslav. Wow. So uh, at that time, I think I refused to sit down because I was pissed off nine-year-olds and what are you doing to my dad? Yeah, yeah. Fuckers. Maybe that was the... Uh... Oh, pardon my language. No, it's totally, it was, we're uncensored. We're all good. It's good. Yeah, you can yeah? say that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that was kind of the beginning of it, right? For you? Uh, there yeah. was a lot of it. Yeah. Like, um, my, my parents were... Their activism and uh, consciousness came from an anti-communist, anti-left-wing perspective, whereas mine came from a more uh, social justice, right. leading me more into the left-wing. But I like to think everything stemmed from the same thing. Sure. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, are you? Do you consider yourself a hopeful guy? Like, Are you uh, optimistic about... I mean, I guess probably being a father has changed maybe a lot of things too, or maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, do you find yourself... Let me just back up and ask you the question yeah. this way. Has being a father mellowed you or actually made you more um, uh, upset and, and, uh, and, and angry about what's going on? It's probably made me more aware. Right. Even more so than I was before. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like you said, more upset mm-hmm. about where this world is going because things seem way worse than they were they sure do. years ago. They yeah. do. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to kind of be optimistic or hopeful, but I think... You got, you know, do you, do you find yourself trying to lash on to some kind of hope? <laughs> I, 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 do <laughs> I don't want to make this the most depressing part of the all. interview ever, not but you know, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics are full of fire and, and anger and whatnot, but yeah. I think that stems be- from my being hopeful. I mean, mm. whenever people are, are fighting and struggling or organizing for a better life, yes. I think there's hope, and they always are, and they always will. Well, something I've talked about on this show, and, it, and I actually I talk about it on the, my regular gig at the morning show, uh, it comes up quite a bit, is just about popular music now and how, how messed up and fucked up everything is in the world, more so than it seems like it ever has been. And yet, popular art and music doesn't really seem to be reflecting it too much. Like, you know, not, you know, compared to like the 60s and the, you know, the anti-Vietnam stuff that was going on and all that. But I wonder if it's, I do see it slowly starting to shift. I mean, mind you, in the punk world, there's always going to be that. So, you, you know, and maybe, and I think punk rock is always the first to, to jump on board with this kind of stuff. But even yeah. someone like Eminem, I don't know if you are a fan, but Eminem put out this thing. He's a He's, talented man. Did you see that rap that he did last week? Um, there was like the BET uh, Hip Hop Awards and he, they went live to him and he was in this parking lot and he just freestyled this rap that was just an absolute takedown of Donald Trump where he basically he said he said he was drawing a line a line in the sand and if you're a fan of mine uh, and you like Trump then you're not a fan of mine and then right. fuck you and it was like really it was really intense and I was like that was interesting for me because even if you're not a fan of Eminem or, or whatever if you're not a hip-hop person uh, that guy you know he's about as famous as you can get yeah and powerful in the music industry and for him to come out and do that I think might and again this is hopeful but I think maybe it'll uh, spurn more artists to do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm doing I'm a lot listen- of talking. I'm sorry. Just- no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's all relevant. Yeah. I've been uh, listening a lot to a, a newer band called Prophets of Rage. Yes, right. Okay. Just amazing. Tom mm. Morello and... Uh, and Chuck Cat D. Man. Yeah, Chuck D and Be Real. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The dude from San And, and yeah. DJ Lord. That was uh, the last DJ with Public Enemy. That's right. They're great. And, and the other... Uh, the other Rage Against Machine guys are in there too. Yeah, they're, the they're drummer and yeah, yeah, absolutely tremendous. Mm-hmm. And their videos will 
get your heart racing. Yeah, they don't pull any punches, right? No. Well, there's the one for the song, Unfuck the World, that's just tremendous. Yeah. Absolutely tremendous. So it is happening, I guess. It is happening. Um, What do you think, I know that you don't know the answer to this, but I'm just curious, what do you think is going to, how this is all going to play out here with Trump and everything else? Do you think? Well, for one thing, as far as society becoming more divided, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think if we pick sides and definitively decide what side everybody's on, then maybe we could finally settle this. That's a very interesting way of putting of, of thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's kind of scary, though. It, it yeah. is scary, but yeah. I mean, the world's a scary place. Yeah. Everywhere the West seems to set foot has made it a scary place from Syria to Iraq to Afghanistan. It's all just, and Libya. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah, for sure. Um, so maybe in some senses, Trump, when he's come in, he's, he's, he's allowed everybody to show their kind of true colors, whether it be on you know, one side or the other. And maybe this is what it needs to come down to. Do you, people talk about maybe there's going to be a civil war in the United States. Do you see that kind of thing happening? I, I yeah. see that kind of thing happening eventually. Yeah, yeah. I think before that happens, they will find a way to cool things out. Right, right. They've managed in the past. Like in the 60s, when black people were rising up and the Black Panthers started on their ascendancy and everything, mm-hmm. uh, all those riots, all of a sudden they found money for black people to start their own businesses. Right. They found more money for schools and it chilled things out for a while. For a while, yeah. And uh, they bought peace, basically, a social peace for a while. And yeah. Now it looks like things are... are getting to that boiling point again. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, I, I try to be, you know, hopeful. And again, it's also being a father as well. You know, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole of thinking that everything is just going to shit because then, then how can you be strong and, and positive for your kids? You know yeah. what I mean? You have to be able to go, okay, well... Like the North Korea stuff freaks the hell out of me, but it's like, you know, we've had the Cuban Missile Crisis, we've had the Cold War. There seems to historically always be usually a, a pullback before everything completely blows up to shit. Well, believe it or not, I have a different take on the whole North Korea thing. Please. Well, <coughs> excuse me. number one, I don't think that the North Koreans are as crazy as the media is always saying they sure. are. If I had 30,000 hostile troops that have been on my border since the 1950s, and they're doing exercises where they pretend that they're killing me. Yeah, I'd probably want nukes. Yeah, and yeah. I've I think that uh, the U.S. treats countries that have nuclear weapons a lot differently than they do those who don't. Yeah, when they had Gaddafi dismantle his nuclear program, okay, then they marched in and killed him. Right. So I, I don't think these lessons are lost on North Koreans. Yeah, and, and they've seen what yeah they've seen what the United States has done with these other countries Iraq and all that too yeah. right yeah and these people are just uh, the public at large are just parroting what they hear the media say yeah you know it's crazy 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 but I mean honestly they don't question their own government so I think if they lived in North Korea they'd probably be doing the exact same thing just shut up and go to work wow that's a good point yeah, yeah that's a very good point I mean there's no doubt that there's a strange cult of personality thing going on with the leadership there no and doubt. everything but. Uh, you're right. I mean, they're living a very insulated life. And, and yeah, you've got the South Koreans there for the last 50 years, 60 years. And then U.S. saber rattling every chance they get. Yeah, no wonder they want to defend themselves. Yeah, there hasn't yeah. been a whole lot of uh, attempt at dialogue. It's about yeah. either knuckle under or yeah. we're coming to get you. It seems like it's a couple of kids in the playground throwing sand at each other. Very much. It does. Cool. I'm glad I got your take on all that stuff. And so, um, well, let's talk about... Uh, one more, one more, I want to talk about a little bit more of what's going on in the world yeah. because cause this, this uh, Burn the Rats Out, um, 
there's quite a lot. Of, by the way, who's I don't know who Robert Bales is, but who kill Robert fucking Bales? Who's Robert Bales? I and mean, pardon was, me for not knowing that. He was yeah. someone in Iraq that went to a family's house and basically killed everybody. Oh, like sixteen people, like a soldier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, they did arrest him, throw him in jail, but he's got millions of supporters in the U.S. that want him freed. Well, really, and he's justified in doing what he did. But yeah. I'm, I think. The children that he killed were as young as two. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's horrendous. Um, and you've got a few on there that uh, reference uh, what's been going on with the, um, the police brutality down in the States. Like the We Can't Breathe, obviously, from yeah. Ferguson to Gaza. has got that uh, in there as well. Um, it is bizarre, isn't it, that they haven't... That, that that's still going on down there, you know? I mean, and, and again, maybe the Trump thing has sort of brought this all more to light than, than in the past. But that was happening, of course... That was Obama time when the Ferguson oh, and that absolutely. was going on. So um, what do they need to do down there to, to find peace between blacks and whites? I mean, it just seems like it's never really going to end. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> That's it, a very heavy question to ask. It you, is, but, it is. I mean, it, you could say it's between blacks and whites, but it's also there's a very great divide between the people getting killed and the people living peaceful lives in the suburbs. It's all a lot of poverty involved. A lot of it has to do with... White cops in the black communities. Right. But, you know, when they have black cops in the black communities, it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of difference either. Mm-hmm. It's just when it's a black and white thing, it just things get a lot sharper and a lot more magnified. Mm-hmm. But as far as finding peace, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. after the Rodney King thing happened... Yeah. When he was beaten by, was it 18 officers? Something like that. And it was caught on, on yeah. film... And someone that I saw in the news said, finally, right. you see what's going on. So yeah. it's not like that this is still going on, that now it's finally coming to light. Yeah. So but that, and then nothing always... really changed after that. Maybe it felt like it did for a little while, but uh, yeah, now it's just all back up and happening again. No, I think so, there, were, there were attempts yeah. at, you know, handshaking and whatnot. Right. And uh, one of the things that started to come out of that was... Uh, sort of a a meeting between the Crips and the Bloods. Right. Who decided to unite and fight the police. Yeah. And I think they did everything they could to, to throw that off track. Yeah. Understandable, and frankly, I guess. they did. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they did. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, let's get off the politics stuff. Because, but, yeah. but, I mean, you know, if you're a fan of, of Tony's work and, and these bands like, like AK-47, then you know, where you, you know where you stand. And you also have the blog. I, wanna, I want you to, to talk about your blog a little bit. Uh, you're not a Facebook guy. You're not a social media guy. And uh, I'm jealous of that, to be honest with you, because I have this, you know, I like to think that I have the ability to not be one of those people, but I'm fully hooked on it. You kind of have to be, though, in this line of work, don't you? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah I really do, actually. I literally, working at the station, have to be, like, updating the, the, the station's Facebook page and stuff. You know, I don't necessarily have to have my own, but, uh, but I'm fully hooked. I'm, they've, got, they've got the claws in me. But, uh, but you've got the blog going on. Um, how long has that been going? Uh... Four years, maybe, and you use it as just another sort of um, uh, opportunity to get stories out that you're passionate about or com- want to comment on. And obviously, you can plug the band and the gigs and stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I do keep meaning to get a, a band camp or a, right. whatever you kids are into these days. <laughs> band camp, yeah, <laughs> get some Spotify in there, you know. Spotify? No, you don't want Spotify. I don't want Spotify. Spotify is the one that gets uh, has all the uh, controversy because they don't pay; they pay like pennies to their artists but it is a platform so where do local bands 
Yeah. Like the Narnars or the Keg Killers, any of those guys. Where yeah. do they put where do they put Bandcamp. Is it Bandcamp? Bandcamp's the one you probably want to go on. It's yeah. uh, you can get in, what you can do on Bandcamp is I mean I, and I don't know all the ins and outs of it all cuz I haven't never put it, I'm not a musician myself but um you can put your albums up your digital albums up there for people to purchase. I heard it's easy. And, and they easy can to listen do. to you can either let them listen to a couple of tracks from the album or you can let them listen to the whole thing if you want for free to stream it. And then if they want to buy it they can pay 3 bucks or 5 bucks whatever it is. Um, you can also sell vi- like physical copies through Bandcamp if you have that set you up. Can. Yeah, so if okay. you if you're selling vinyl or CDs or whatever, you can have that set up, um, or you can do like a pay what you like situation. So if you like if you like our stuff, throw us a couple bucks. You know, if you don't, you, here it is for you anyway. It's where I first heard the Total Shit CD. Okay, nice. Yeah, which yeah. I love. I love those guys. Yeah, those guys are great, both as people yeah. and musically. But I, I haven't got found, their stuff actually. I need to get that. I found a physical copy of their CD at a Cavity. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And I, I didn't think such a thing existed, but I was in there one day and asked asked Andy, and he said, "I have one right here." So yeah. I bought that and the Narnars at the same time. Cool. I yeah. got the Nar- Did your Narnars come with a free square of toilet paper inside? It didn't. It did have one of those stickers though with the oh. word bubble coming out of the woman's bum. The, yes, yeah. that's right. Yes, uh, yeah. Mine came with a sticker and a square of toilet paper. I must have got one of the limited uh, first limited pressing edition. <laughs> editions of it. <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> Um, but the, as far as the blog goes, it's basically me being a cranky old man and venting about how effed up everything is. I yeah. originally started to focus more on music, and occasionally I write about music or upcoming shows and that kind of stuff. Right. But I just turned into, yeah, me being pissed off. Well, it's all good though, right? It's all it's all um, a place to to vent this stuff. And, you yeah. know, do it through the music, do it through the the blog, what have you. Makes things a little better. Um, what's next for AK-47? I mean, I know you just, this, this CD just came out uh, a few months ago now. Um, are you already working on new stuff? Are you always writing? Actually, uh. since that came out, we have five new songs. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. We're working on stuff. Uh, I, lo- I like the fact that Joe's writing a little bit more as well. Right. Okay. And, uh, you, you probably know that Joe and Kent were both in Goat Boy. Right. Back yeah. in the day who were probably my favorite band at the time. Is that right? Hey, I yeah. love those guys so yeah. much. Okay. See, I, I need to brush up more on my, um, like, sort of early 90s to, to, to early 2000 um, yeah. era of, of Victoria Punk. Because I was in Vancouver during those years. Oh, okay. So I, I wasn't really part of the scene here. So I'm, I'm, I have to sort of retroactively go back and, and, and learn about this stuff. I mean, I know a lot about what was going on in the 80s and quite a bit of what's going on in the last six years or so. Do you know what I mean? But, so you missed Tough yeah. as Nails and yeah. War by Other Means. and Yeah, and all that stuff. There were yeah. some great bands back then. I know, yeah. I know. Ty tells me about it all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rubbing it in. How is the scene uh, these days? I mean, you've been now in the Victoria Punk scene for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, are you excited by what's going on right now? Yeah. You'll often hear people say, oh, it sucks now. It's yeah. not as good. But, you know, you hear like old, well, dudes my age talk about rock and roll, how it's not, there's no more Led Zeppelins around. You, know, you just have to. <laughs> You have to go with what's going on. Sure. Except, I guess in our case, there'll never be another Black Flag. Right. Well, yeah. there's, there's other great bands out there. Absolutely. I was actually re-inspired by a wave of uh, thrash bands in the early 2000s, like Cut the Shit and Tear It Up. Okay. And uh, What Happens Next, DS-13. There, there were just a lot of good things happening. That sort of re-inspired me to go more in the hardcore thrashy direction. Okay. But um, It ebbs and flows, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's... there's Ups and downs all the time. Uh, currently, I mean, you probably don't get the shows that have 
200 people. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if we play subculture in such a small place and there's 30 people, eh, that's fine with me. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, we're playing also December the 2nd, I believe, at Logan's okay. with the Dayglows and the Skid Marxists. Nice. And it's, it's for uh, AVI, it's Vancouver Island's uh, The Last Rocker Awareness Show. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also ask you, um, and if it's, if it's kind of a touchy subject, whatever, then we don't need to talk about it if you don't want, but uh, the Jay Brown uh, Memorial, because I know that you've been involved in that pretty much every year since it started. Uh, I think the first couple we weren't. Oh, you weren't? Okay. Yeah. I, I was still, I think we still had the lineup where we only played all ages shows. We, we had right. a lineup for a while when it was me, Rob Nesbitt, Jay Walls, and uh, Jamie Willis, mm -hmm. where three out of four of us were straight edge. So. Right. As close as we came to being a, a straight edge band, right? So, so you are, I'm, I'm yeah. the last man standing now. You are. Yeah. I know you told me that. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Good for you. Um, and yeah, so you really didn't play a lot of bars and stuff. You were mostly interested in doing the all ages shows, yeah, uh, which is great. Um, did you know Jay Brown? Because I didn't know him at all. And I mean, I've heard stories about him. Was he a friend of yours? He was yeah. one of the first uh, like downtown punk rockers that I met. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah him and uh, Ken O'Kane and a bunch of other people. Okay. Cool. Um, I don't have a whole lot more to talk about, but I wanted to just maybe um, back to the Victoria scene. I mean, I, and I don't really know if there's a question attached to this, but I just thought maybe you got your take on it. But uh, um, one of the conversations I had with Rob Nesbitt actually was just about how sort of interesting the music has always been coming out of Victoria and, and, and how that, that may have a lot to do with geography, the actual physically being on an island, you know, and being a little bit cut off from the rest of the world. Do you, do you feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, the neos are still being referenced right. for the thrashiness. There's nothing like that, I don't think, anywhere at the time. Absolutely. And so, bands like No Means No, there's no one like them. Nothing like them. Dayglows, really, they were the first band that was anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Is it just, do you think it's just, it's just a little bit of boredom, a little bit of more creativity because you were not influenced so much by what else is going on? I think isolation is a part of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that hard to get to Vancouver and whatever, but it's a lot easier to stay here. Yeah, it's true, yeah. And uh, when we get the odd touring band, it was always, uh, it felt like something special. Right. And yeah, I mean, we were influenced by what was going on in other parts of North America and whatnot, but there was always a very specific local take on it, like a different interpretation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think that is a huge part of it is that we're on an island. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, this little corner store right around the corner from where I live, the Bay Grocery, and uh, the two Chinese guys that own that place know me because I go in there all the time. And they were cleaning out their back room, and they found a sealed vinyl copy of a record by the Salty Seaman. Do you remember them at all? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> they were like this uh, weird novelty shock yeah. punk band with, with like accordions and... Aren't, aren't they mentioned in All Your Ears Can Hear? The they are They yeah. are mentioned in that as well. And I was, it was such a random thing. They were like, do you want this? We know that you like records. I'm like, yes, I want this. Oh, my God. So now I have that. But anyway, and that's, I, thought, I think, another example, because that's such bizarre, out there, strange music, too. And it's like only really Victoria could come up with something like that, I think. Yeah. Um, all right. I want you to mention again when the next couple of times that uh, people can see your band play. Uh, November the 17th, that subculture. Is subculture like a publicly known entity Yes, you now? know, and this is interesting. I think it is cool now because he's, he's um, at first... It's when a small place. A small place, uh, subculture club. Uh, originally, when Ty and I were talking about it, Ty was like, uh, 
the word on the street was, if you want to know where the address is, it's 1234 Askapunk Avenue. Because it was like, <laughs> yeah, they weren't really saying where it was. Um, but since then, on Facebook, I've seen them actually create like public event pages for some of the gigs. So With the street address on? Everything? I think so. I won't give it out just in no, case. But, but it's, it's, if you want to know where it is, you'll find out. You yeah. can ask around. But it's a really great initiative, don't you think, the Subcu- Subculture Club? Absolutely. Um, all, like a true all-ages show where you can bring your kids, you can bring yeah. your grandfather if you want. You know, they're not going to put up with any bullshit. They're not going to put up with any you know, idiocy and drunkenness and drugs and all that crap. And I really hope it lasts a long time. And I hope that... Uh, That's the thing. I hope yeah. people respect the this, this space and don't think it's okay to drink in the park lot. I mean, I know it's the Rock Bay neighborhood, but yeah. that just means there's more cops around. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We don't need that, right? And if, I don't. think if people are respectful of that, uh, then the cops will also be perhaps respectful of it as well and leave leave it well enough alone. I want to think so. Like yeah. even uh, even if the shows get shut down, I think he's still going to keep it as like a art space and sure. let bands practice there. But I don't want to go to the negative right now. I just no, hope no, no. it lasts forever. And I think it will. I think, and I think, and I'm I'm hoping that most people are mature enough to to to, to respect that and their wishes. You know, if you want to go drink in the park and not do it at at Logan's or whatever. Yeah, or do, exactly. you know, do not, I'm not saying you should go do that at Logan's. Absolutely but, not. But uh, you know what I mean. There's places and to do that. I just want to say that over the years, there, yeah. I've heard a lot of people with a lot of ideas about mm-hmm. creating a space like this. Mm. You know, art-friendly and open to everybody, no matter what your, what your ideas are. Well, right. Of course, excluding the Nazis and whatever. Well, we don't want them, yeah. No. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, exactly. It's not, but, it's but not... Steve is the guy that actually set it in motion. Yeah. Steve Which, I, I've got nothing but respect for him and his and this whole initiative. Yeah, just very incredible. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. And then you said December second at Logan's. You guys are playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you've never seen AK Forty Seven Live, you absolutely must. You guys. I mean, you can listen to the CD, which is fantastic. Uh, until you're blue in the face, but you really got to see you guys live. That's where the energy comes from, for sure. Thank you, Tony. I am uh, so glad that you came down. I'm glad you mm-hmm. had me. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Did I? Did I? Anything I didn't touch on that I that you wanted to say or talk about? Uh, uh, Maybe that uh, we're actually not selling our CD online, not yet. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. So where can people get one? Uh, we've got them at Supreme Echo, okay. Ditch, Vinyl Envy, Cavity, and I think that's it. Is that it? I just don't want to leave anyone out. Right. Lyle's Place, no. Off. Not Lyle's, no. no. They don't really do that's, that. That's not a political... I just want to... No, no, no. It's yeah. not a political thing. We just didn't just, get around to it. Just didn't get around to it. Yeah. Okay. So the other than that, the usual spots, yeah. uh, um, and of course at your shows as well. Yeah, and Vinyl Envy, just so you know, do not mark up the prices. Vinyl Envy is a cool little store, it's and they do cool shows store. there sometimes too. I don't know if you, if they you knew that. They do nothing yeah. really hardcore, but I've no. been meaning to head down and check check some of them out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, thanks again, Tony. I'm, sh- I'm so glad I finally got you to come in. It was fun, actually. It, was it? You had yeah. a good time? Awesome. Well, nearly as scary as I thought it would be. No, not scary. No. I'm not scary. <laughs> You're not scary. <laughs> thanks, Tony. Thank you. This has been the Punk Show Podcast. If you'd like to hear more, including kick-ass punk music, go to thezone.fm slash punk. Oh, yeah. And be sure to check out the Punk Show on Facebook and Instagram.